Cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. Welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who, uh, well, he just learned something. He's got machine guns in his butt. Welcome, Jacob. Stole my line! <laughs> you stole my line! I knew you would do that! Why, thank you. That was an odd observation of you, but... Um, you have been ghastly. Well, thanks. <laughs> thanks for pointing that out to the internet. <laughs> That's a horrible uh, wow. machine gun, gun fart. But anyway. Wow. Okay. That went further than I thought. Why, thank you, I think. <laughs> Let me introduce a man who he didn't quite realize what he was creating when he decided to re- to, to create a robot boy. Welcome, Drew. <laughs> How are you doing today, Jay? Man, I'm doing well. Uh, ever since like the two and a half weeks we've been, or yeah, two weeks. Week and a half. Yeah, week and a half. Week and a half. Uh, I went to uh, three quarters, something like that. I went to uh, Compalooza in Houston uh, about two weeks ago with my cousin, uh, uh, my brother James, and my cousin Josh. You uh, just call him James? Yes, I called him James. That's his name, <laughs> James Jim Bob Jim. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> but either either way, I'd be like, I had a great time. Obviously, I, uh, I, I I've gotten into the habit of buying. Uh, I'm not the no like no, no like Uba be like I gotta buy all the toys. I'm not the kind of person. I just, I just like the idea of be like oh it looks and I can I can uh, so that's that's one of the reasons I buy toys. Uh, so there and it's it's been an interesting couple. Of, it's been yeah about a week and a half <laughs> about a week and a half. But uh, yeah it's been great. It's been fun. Uh, I will get into something other when we get into what have you watched. But yeah how will you how have you been doing? Oh, I've been doing good. I uh, played some video games. I pl- uh, did some other stuff. I sat through a business meeting that was interesting the other day at church. Okay, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, uh, and I've been feeding my friend's cat for the last couple of days. Well, he's been out of town. Yeah, that's true. But other than that, I've been doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah, agree. agree. That was a when when I when I when I learned that our friend our our very dear friend uh, was going to a. a uh, Church camp? A church camp. I was like, oh, okay. I'll definitely pray for our friend. Definitely that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, like, it's it's been really cool, like, two weeks. Ever. We've, you know, took a little hiatus since we did Akira. A mini hiatus. A mini hiatus. Because um, you hear people like, oh, we did a hiatus, and then a year later, they're coming back. That's not a hiatus. No. That's, we stopped and we restarted. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. You ended your season, and then you started a new season. <coughs> we technically have seasons, but we don't go by them anymore. No. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's been interesting. So, uh, you teased something you were going to talk about when yes, what I you've did. been watching, so I'm yes, curious, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? Well, a recent series just recently dropped on Netflix, Masters of the Universe Revelation, and I watched Why all of it. Why am I not surprised? I have the power! 
And I, I was I was uber excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> He's been dead for fifty years. Sorry, that's a callback. Uh, that, that is such a callback to like that blooper episode. Oh my gosh, go check that out. The, like, yeah, you will laugh your butt off because I laughed my sticking rear off. This guy just going improv on that. It was amazing. But either way, I've I've watched uh, watched it. This series has received so much blowback. Why? Okay. It looks good. Agreed. Okay, so here... And I don't have any interest in watching myself, but that's just because I don't have any uh, nostalgia for this franchise. Okay, so leading up to, like, the trailer and, like, Netflix, uh, the Mattel uh, television company, Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Kevin Smith, the producer and writer of this show, be like we're all saying be like it's it's throwing back to the you know that's a continuation of the original series he-man the masters universe and uh just all these amazing things about he-man <clears throat> but as like i reported in news now granted it was only a rumor but actually it was fact that uh i think it was clownfish tv now granted i don't listen to them that often because they are very negative about everything mm-hmm. which is really really kind of bum you out about everything you don't want to watch anything but uh they had they had reported that uh, the first episode was gonna have He Man, but the rest of the series was gonna focus on Tila, and they were correct about that. And people just had a hissy fit about. It. And so I get I get around to watching it and trying not to feed into the uh, the uh, the negativity. It's like okay, let's let's kind of be open minded. Let's you know not have you know a, a big expectation for this, and just go at it as like pure entertainment. And I enjoyed it for the most. I enjoyed this. The story was amazing. Animation was great. Uh, s- like story arcs and characters were really, really good. Uh, there- there's little parts here. Definitely how they handled Tila, who is the main character in this. Because everybody's just like, oh my gosh, it's not He-Man. It's like, guys, grow up. <laughs> and uh, well, one would assume if it's a show called He-Man. It's not called He-Man. It's, it's called, called Masters of the Universe? Masters of the Universe. Never mind. I, have no, I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, it's all right. So there, there, there has been like the fact. Tila. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, I, I disagree with how they handled Tila. Like, granted, she was hacked, <laughs> like beyond hacked. Like, yeah, someone doesn't tell you a big secret and you learned it when you do it. The, the end of episode one. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of a big shocker, you know, hint revelation. <laughs> and uh, she's kind of angry about that the entire season, the entire first part of the season. And uh, that's it, it comes. It's it's it gets a little grinding, a little grinding, like every episode. Okay, Taylor, we get your and like I'm I'd be like understanding her anger and say, okay, I get it, but let's not dwell on it all the entire time. Whenever something comes up, um, but I thought I thought it was a really interesting element that be like this character who never knew a big secret of Prince Adam. Hint. Okay, spoiler alert for something that came out 35 years ago. Three, actually, two, one. He's he, actually he, Danger. Danger Cat. <laughs> battle Cat. Battle Cat. He's no, actually Battle Cat. That's actually Cringer. He's really man at arm. Her father. <laughs> Adopted father, actually. I'm aware of that. <laughs> Do you know who Tila's mother is? I actually... Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Because you remember, there is a He-Man show I watched. Okay. Oh, yeah. 2003. 2003. And it was painfully obvious who Tila's mother was. Yeah. Just and the... I kept wondering why they wouldn't say it. I, if I actually knew the character's name, <laughs> the I would do so... But it's the, the priestess in Castle the so... Grayskull. The sorceress. The sorceress in Castle Grayskull. Uh-huh. 
gee, the fact that one that she's got the snake and the other one's got the, it looks like a bird, but they're the same basic character design, Pretty just much. with different animals, kind of tells you something. Yeah, true. So be like, yeah, it's, like obviously because Prince Adam is he man, he transforms aloft his mighty sword and becomes the the the, the master of the universe. One of them, anyway. One of them. One of the they, they get into that. But uh, I, I love the the story, the the character arcs, and uh, my gosh, the the portrayal of Orko in this movie, this show. Oh my gosh! Like every time you saw him, it was like, oh man, like hearts ripping you in half. It's like I, I mean, like Orko was the comedy relief in the original series, and here he's. They do? I'm not saying anything unless you've seen it. <laughs> Anyways, I've not seen it. I'm guessing. I don't know. But he is the kind of the series. Oh, yeah, but the, he's... And he's, we all know what Thundercats 2011 did to Snarf. They made him quiet. Exactly. <laughs> no, be like the, the, the betrayal of uh, Snarf now. Uh, Orko uh, is really good. Be like, you have Evil Lynn in here. And there's there's a lot of people out there. Some be like, oh, it's just it's a female empowerment, which is not bad. But they kind of, they overdo a few things. A cert, there's a certain element they're hinting at. It's like, okay... Does this really need to be here in this show? But understanding that uh, I'm using a quote from uh, John Cooper from the band Skillet, who's using use, uh, is quoting someone else. Pagans are going to peg, meaning the world's going to be the world. So the idea that people get in on poor, if you know, if you are, you know, part of, Christ, of Jesus Christ, like the fact that like the world is acting like the world, how is that a surprise? <laughs> well, I could maybe see... Female empowerment is one thing. Yeah, but they, they but imply the something thing. else. There's, from what I understand, from what you're telling me, yeah. the show is called Master of the Universe. Yes. Plural. Yeah. Meaning they are not, but they, but meaning it should be focusing on the whole team. But it seems like it's only focusing on one member of the team. Well, the the fact that like the team basically broke up at the end of the end of at the end of episode one, and it's basically kind of getting the game back together but, to find this uh, to find two MacGuffins and put the MacGuffins back together. Still, yeah, it just seems like they should have made if they're going to call it Masters of the Universe. Yeah. they should focus on. All of the masters, or at least a core group of them. Well, they they do they do mention instead of just Tila as a primary. Agreed. They they do. Of course, having Tila maybe as a protagonist to follow, bringing them back together could make sense. But then you know people are expecting him. Yeah, that is true. It's not like Shirod does not exist. That's true, but also her rights are tied up with uh, DreamWorks. DreamWorks. He Man being done by DreamWorks. No, Never it's, mind. it's it's being it's being done by uh, Powerhouse Animation. Ah, never mind then. Yeah, the same guys who did Dra- uh, uh, Castlevania from uh, Netflix. But either way, be like, I, I enjoyed it. Definitely the end. Oh my gosh, the the end of this part one is like, oh, okay, yay! These this character comes back, yay! And then he dies apparently again. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, and and then like the the how do you say the spoiling it? Well, heck, they've already produced the toy. Like, yes, yeah, someone becomes a master. <laughs> I'm like, ha! Oh my gosh! <laughs> that was the coolest thing ever! <laughs> and season two, or uh, part one of season one, their date hasn't been released yet, but I'm like, okay, when are you going to do that? Because <laughs> I got, oh my gosh. I mean, like, despite the little, the problems here and there, and the, 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 the guy, the people whining about, oh, this and this and this and this, 
You're like, it was an enjoyable show. Be like, yeah, it had it problems, but <laughs> Winer's exactly. anyway. What else have you watched? Okay, yeah, ever I've got on that. Uh, yeah, and that we, soapbox. Don't, we, we don't need another Super or Batwoman situation. No, no, no. I'm not gonna go that far. No. But either way, you shouldn't repeat yourself. No, <laughs> I try not to, but sometimes I occasional occasionally. Yes. So and so in, in the course of that, you know, week and a half, two weeks. Uh, I started just like I gotta watch some, and so I started watch. I watched the uh, Frozen, Frozen two, mm-hmm. uh, Frozen two. Be like, yeah, it's it's still good. It's like we'll it's, do it eventually. We'll do yeah. it eventually. We'll do we it did eventually. a reaction, but yes, we'll do we a did. full review. Eventually. Yeah, I watched Tangled, of course, right? Because I just I love Tangled to death. It's a great movie. Uh, Fast Five from the Fast and Furious franchise. Okay. I'm watching. Have you seen one through four? I take it. Yeah, I've seen all of them except for the 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 recent one in the theaters. Okay, so you just randomly threw. Yeah, because I've, I've I've always loved Fast Five. Now, granted, a Charger is not going to haul a, a bank vault. <laughs> I know that definitely two of them aren't. Because <laughs> I I well I, by I, that point all sense of realism had left that franchise. That is so. That is. So I true. assume I've yes. only seen the first movie. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, they they they're they're dragging a a bank vault <laughs> through a. Uh, uh, Venezuela <laughs> can't be the craziest thing I've ever seen. No, it's crazier. Let's say that. Uh, so yeah, and then we did uh, our reaction in Space Jam: New Legacy, which we watched in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, go check that reaction out. Yeah, uh, you can find that in our in our, uh, our feed. Exactly. Uh, other than that, what else have I been watching? I don't think it's it. I think it's all I've been watching. Yeah. So I have been watching. Well, I went back through. All of season one of Star Trek Lower Decks. Okay. You're co- probably <laughs> again in preparation for. <laughs> okay. Uh, I th- think I actually caught more this time around since I wasn't guffawing every five seconds. And yeah, you know, you, you know, when you laugh hard enough that you're, you, you don't really start to cry, but the tears well up in your eyes. <laughs> right. That, that was not happening this time. Oh, okay. So I could actually see what was going on on screen. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I watched that. I've been wa- still been watching uh, Kamen Rider, the original, and uh, Star Wars, Clone Wars. I am in season five. Okay. So I am making progress. Ahsoka just made a big mistake mm. that I have a feeling leads to a event I know is coming. Ah. That's going to get her into lots of trouble. Okay. But anyway... Um, other than that, uh, well, I have been going back through the Spider-Man film. Okay. Because after Loki finished, uh, I got to thinking about it. Okay. And it's been a long time since I've seen many of the pre-MCU, not X-Men movies. Yeah. Marvel movies. And there's a bunch in there I've never seen. Really? For one reason or another. Okay. Now, I started with the Spider-Man movies because No Way Home is later this year. Right. So it's going to come up pretty quick. Um, and then after that, I'm going to go into, like, I think the mo- the next movie I've got on that list is uh, Howard the Duck. Howard, like, the original movie? Mm-hmm. Okay. I've never seen it. Okay. It's probably about the oldest I can think of. I haven't watched it yet. But then I'll go into, like, the Blade trilogy I've never seen those. Okay. I've seen Daredevil, but never Elektra. Oh, okay. Elektra's different. And uh, I've not watched either Punisher movie from okay. the 90s. I gotcha. But I've seen Ghost Rider and Hulk and the three Fantastic Four movies, and of course, all the X-Men movies. Mm. And then for fun, I put Big Hero 6 at the back end of the list, even though I don't think it's going to be referenced at all. But you know, with all this multiverse stuff going on, I just got to thinking they may be pulling some more stuff. 
You never know. From from the from the uh, things that our generation would consider their childhood. Right. So, you know. You never know. Trying to... Uh, I want to be able to catch references when they occur. Okay. Totally get it. So I've been doing that. Uh, watched a little bit more of Demon Slayer. And I think that's about it. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's that, that's about it. So uh, what do we got in the news? What do we got in the news? All right. So apparently Comic-Con has been going on. Or, yes. San, or San Diego Comic-Con, which also now been known as San, uh, Comic-Con at Home 2021. Yes. And the only bit of news I could find, uh, now granted, they did show the trailer for uh, Lower Deck Season 2. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I saw... And I, Star Trek Prodigy, which I don't know how I feel about yet. Yeah, I, I saw like a glimpse of that. And I was like, oh, okay, interesting. The one that they did, uh, Amazon Prime Video uh, snagged the exclusive rights as what was announced earlier, this, uh, I think like three, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. whatever, Uh that they snagged the snagged the rights for the to the rebirth ser- uh, film series for Evangelion, and the final installment of that series, Evangelion 3.0 plus 3.01, uh, Thrice Upon a Time, uh, available August 13th, 2021. Um, this was interesting. Uh, the global streaming giant Netflix has revealed more on its viewing data. Uh, crowning Nef- uh, Sony Pictures animated Wild Family Road Trip, The Mitchells vs. Machines, as its platform most watched animated original movie in its first month. Hmm. According to according to numbers, 53 million subscribers whole, um, households hitched a ride with The Mitchells in the eight days of the film streaming release. Uh, previously, that title was held to the moon. And, uh, yeah, it'd be like, apparently it's the, the highest anime movie on Netflix. And we have done a review over that. So go check that out. If you want a reaction to that. Yeah. So go check that out. And, uh, final bit of news, uh, regarding another reaction we did just recently in space jam, uh, a new legacy. All right. So despite less than stellar review and it's simultaneous streaming on simultaneous launch on HBO max, LeBron James and the Looney Tunes managed to dunk on, dunk on Scar, uh, Scarlett Johansson in it, uh, meaning Black Widow, in its hyper flick opening weekend, bringing in $31.6 million. Uh, Space Jam 2 scored the best two-day trip of a family film, as, as well as um, Warner Brothers' best top-selling opening during the Pam New Era. Uh, squeezing out Godzilla versus Kong at three point three point one six million dollars, and Disney Disney Marvel Black Widow dropped sixty seven percent in its second week at two uh twenty six point five million dollars. Uh, now a lot of people are saying be like, oh, because it's a failure because it dropped. It's during a pandemic, people. There's a lot of movies coming. There's out. There's a lot of movies coming out, and the thing be like. It's like yeah, most of them are most people are watching them on streaming services. It's good. Everything things are slowly working their way back. To exactly. Normal. So the same be like oh, because it it it. It's the same to be. It seems to be now. Like be like go back and uh, listen to our our reaction to Space Jam. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed. It. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I fully admit that. Uh, so get you know if you want my full reaction, go check that episode. Uh, it Black Widow was amazing. Black Widow was an amazing movie. I agree. And uh, I think people are just now just so cynical about everything. It's, it's really, really revolting sometimes. I blame the internet for this. Agreed. 
I completely agree. It's all and Facebook's fault. Shame on you, Facebook, for making us hate everything. <laughs> Says the guys that we're now streaming on Facebook Live. Precisely. <laughs> it's the only way they'll listen. Yeah, exactly. But either way, uh, so yeah, that is all I have for in the news. Alrighty, so let's jump into the spoiler-free section of our review for Astro Boy. I think I did see this originally in theaters. Mm-hmm. I saw it once. <laughs> I remember having more of a meh type of reaction. Yeah. The first time I watched it, I'm thinking, okay, that's good. It's not quite as good as the other Imagi, Imagi, uh, CG movie that had come out before this, the TMNT, mm-hmm. wasn't quite that good. But I mean, I thought, okay, this is interesting. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize I was the only one who, I, I thought I just had, you know, got kind of a mad reaction because it's like, I don't really know this franchise. Uh, the film was obviously made for a more kid audience. Mm-hmm. So maybe I had just kind of grown out of, you know, whatever thing they were hitting at the yeah. time. Yeah. But. Uh, when I rewatched it this time, I thought, okay, yeah, there's still some issues, but I mean, it's still a good movie for what it is. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, it's it's got a lot of good classic sci-fi feel. I did enjoy it this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's just me being older and being able to look at it with uh, less cynical eyes. Because I yeah. mean, when this came out, this came out in what 2009? 2009. Yeah, I would have been like 20. Mm-hmm. We all know how cynical we are at 20. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Agreed. But I enjoyed it. Uh, it was fun. I had a good time with it. Give it a watch. Yeah. It's it's definitely worth a watch. I it's, have no idea how accurate it is to the ori- to the source material. Right. But that's a secondary matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll get more into it, but I mean, I like the character designs. I, I thought they looked good. The animation was good. I mean, I didn't... It didn't feel like they cut any corners. I mean, it's a good movie. I don't know how, any other better way to put it. The The story is a little so-so, but I mean, Agreed. it's it's still a good movie. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? My non-spoiler uh, thoughts. This is the first time I see watching this film. Uh, I put this film on the list primarily for I can actually watch it. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at, okay, what movies have I not watched? And so I'm looking at the looking, looking, looking. Oh, Astro. Remember, like vaguely, like seeing a trailer for that, and that very ominous line, be like, "Wait, I have machine guns in my butt." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of scene. And I was like, "What the heck?" So I never watched it. And uh, watching on this first viewing, it's like it's, it's it's a passable film. Like it's it's got like you said, good character designs. That it's very much in it's very anime influence and with a lot of American mm-hmm. influence within it. Um, it's very much a hybrid of one of um, yes. th- those styles. Uh, well, when you consider the original style was not modern anime style, it was still leaning on the Disney influences. Agreed. You can see how it works that way. Yeah, agreed. Uh, it does have some, it has some highs and some lows. Um, it's very passable. It's an enjoyable film. It's passable. Uh, it does have some problems, definitely with some story beats here and there. And uh, there's one point that really kind of... We'll get to that we'll, we'll get soon. To, yeah, we'll get that in my dislikes. Uh, it's kind of more like a cliche than anything. Really? You're going there? Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, be like it's passable. Be like it's an enjoyable film. And uh, would I recommend it? Yeah. yeah but like it's, 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 it's watching something that you most people are probably either they had seen or have never heard of. Right. So it's, it's giving people the opportunity to go see something they may have never seen. So would I recommend it yeah and if you've seen it for the first time 
after that, let us know and we will talk about that at some point. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's my non-spoiler talk about Astro Boy. Well, in that case, jump join us on the other side of the bumpers and we'll get to spoiling this thing. Do you like Star Wars? I don't just mean the original trilogy. Along with that, I mean the prequels, the sequels, the anthologies, the animated shows, and of course, <laughs> who doesn't like Baby Yoda? Well, if you've been in the fandom for any length of time, you know how toxic the fandom can get. And if you'd like to be able to discuss a galaxy far, far away in a much more positive light, might I suggest searching out The Outer Rim, a Facebook group dedicated to all of Star Wars, and check out their YouTube channel, which you can easily find at Pop Americana which the podcast you're currently listening to is also a part of. To find that and more, check out the link in the description. Don't forget that you can download... Download? Don't forget that you can't... Don't forget that you can listen to us record the podcast live every Tuesday over on our Facebook page, The Cellcast, our uh, Twitch channel, The Cellcast Gaming, and on YouTube at Cellcast. Also, don't forget to join our Patreon if you would like to support us monetarily. At $1, you'll get our everlasting thanks. At at our $5 tier, you can get some artwork from Jacob. And at our $10 tier, you can get bloopers for every every episode we've released that I've remembered to release them for. And you can get commentaries from different movies. So come check us out over there if you would like to support us financially. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Astro Boy 2009. Listener discretion is advised. Astro Boy was written and directed by David Bowers, who went on to direct the Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies numbers 2, 3, and 4. He didn't do the first one, apparently. Mm. It was also written by Timothy Harris, whose most recent work is Space Jam A New Legacy. Mm. And it was based on the manga by Osama Tezuka. Mm-hmm. Getting into the cast, this is going to be roughly in order of appearance. Okay. Charlize Theron plays the Our Friends narrator. She's most famous, I think, or at least recently, for playing Imperator Furiosa in Mad Max Fury Road. True. Freddie Highmore was uh, played uh, Astro and Toby. Mm-hmm. And he was Charlie Bucket in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. Same guy. Makes sense. Ron Stahls played Mr. Mustachio and Burning Robot. Hmm. And he was Mailman Farnham in the movie Hot Shots. Interesting. The That's the parody from the 90s of mm-hmm. Top Gun. Yes. Uh, Eugene Levy was the voice of Oren. And in Finding Dory, he played Charlie. Huh. Nicholas Cage plays Dr. Tenma. And uh, he he played Johnny Blaze and Ghost Rider in Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. Donald Sutherland was President Stone, and he played President Snow in The yes, Hunger Games. He did. Bill Nye was Doctor Elephun and Robotsky. Mm-hmm. And in Pirates of the Caribbean two and three, he was Davy Jones. Okay, that makes sense. David Allen Greer was Mister Squirt. And Math Cowboy. 
Okay. That was the squirt bottle on the window. Oh, yeah, yeah, that character. (laughs) Yeah, that character. Almost completely forgot about him. (laughs) Yeah, Mr. Squirt. Mm. And, uh, oh, he was also a boxer robot in the movie. Oh, okay. One that got shredded. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, in the upcoming Clifford the Big Red Dog, he plays a character named Packard. Hmm. Alan Tudyk played Mr. Squeegee. Tudyk did? Yeah. And Scrap Heap Head and Stinger 2. Okay. And I know and I think his best role so far has been K2SO in Rogue One a Star Wars story. Okay. He's also the chicken from Moana. Forgot <laughs> that Jacob hates. I find really annoying. Fair enough. Uh Newell Alexander was General Heckler and he was additional voices in the Angry Birds movie 2. Hmm. Bob Logan played Stinger 1. And he wrote the Lego Ninjago movie. Really? And that's about it. Huh. He had no other acting credits but this movie. Interesting. Um, D. Bradley Baker played Trash Can. That's a robot dog. Yeah. And uh, he played Perry the Platypus in the Phineas and Ferb franchise. Huh. And also every single clone trooper in Star Wars, Wars, The Clone Wars, Wars, Star Wars Rebels... And I believe the Bad Batch. Yeah. He is never going to be uh, without a job. Short for work. Yes. Um, Kristen Bell played Cora. Of course, she's uh, Anna from Frozen. Yeah. Or is it Anna? <laughs> There's a callback. <laughs> yes. Moises Arias played Zane, and uh, he played Juan Pablo in Nacho Libre. Okay. Sterling Beaumont played uh, Sludge, and he played a character named Young Benjamin Linus in the show Lost. Hmm. Madeline Carroll played Widget, and she was the White Queen in Resident Evil Extinction. Huh. Matt Lucas played Sparks. And he was both Tweedledee and Tweedledum in Alice Through the Looking Glass. Really? Elle Fanning was Grace, and she plays the character of Aurora in Maleficent. Mm-hmm. Nathan Lane voiced Hameg, and he's most known for playing Timon in The Lion King. And last, and most certainly, not least, none other than Samuel L. Blankety blank Jackson. <laughs> For a PG show. Uh, <laughs> he played Zog in in this movie. Shut the front door. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I know him mostly for playing Nick Fury in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I am utterly shocked because it'll be like, like looking at research and everything, it never said Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> oh, I've got some interesting things on that too. Oh, okay, to, it's like let, let me guess. When we get to the the trivia, yeah, I'm halfway expecting like now, Mr. Jackson, be like, you cannot curse in this movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't have. A I'm sorry, Mr. Jackson. Woo. <laughs> anyway, uh, Kingdom Hearts connections. We got D. Bradley Baker who played Trash Can here, but was also Waka. In Kingdom Hearts. Waka Waka. <laughs> you know, the really bad Waka with the bad yeah, accent. Uh-huh. Yes, I remember. Uh, and uh, Kristen Bell, of course, was mm-hmm. Anna in both Frozen and Kingdom Hearts 3. True. And that's it. Really? Yes. 
So what do you got in info and stuff? All right. Uh, if you are, if you have a subscription to HBO Max, it's available there. This is how I watched it. Exactly. Or you can rent it on like basically anywhere you can, you know, stream, purchase anything. Uh, let's see. IMDb has a six point three out of ten. Uh, production was by Imagi, Imagi, Imagi. I think it's Imagi, Imagi. Yeah, Imagi Animated Studios. And the reason I, or it could be actually, I think it's actually Imagi, because I mm-hmm. think it's supposed to be a combination of the words imagination and magi. Okay. I don't know if this is true. There again, if but someone, it makes sense to me. It does. Uh, and uh, intelligent magic, maybe. Maybe. Tezuku, Tezuku Productions. I may be saying that. Tezuka. So, yeah, Tezuka. Thank you, Tezuka. Uh, it was just who owned the copyrights to all of Osama Tezuka's uh, that makes works, sense. including Astro Boy. That makes sense. Uh, distribution was by Sun, uh, Summit Entertainment. It was released on first on October eighth, two thousand nine, in Hong Kong, two thousand ten, in Japan. And October twenty third, two thousand nine, in the United States. Now, box office. Now, this had an estimated budget of sixty four million dollars. Mm-hmm. Estimated. Its first weekend, it gained six point seven million dollars on October twenty four, October twenty fifth, two thousand nineteen. Its U.S. gross alone, including Canada, um, was nineteen point five million dollars. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't help Winston's world gross was thirty nine point eight million dollars. There, 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 there are some, there are some, um, some data out there that it made its budget, but it didn't. It with um, uh, promotions mm-hmm. and all the other stuff be like it literally tanked. Yes, it and, is a literal box office bomb. Yeah, literally. <laughs> In so many ways than so many ways than more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's all I have because there was never a sequel because obviously the studio well, that did it tanked. <laughs> that's the thing. Just uh, well, I kept coming across because I actually looked up some information about Amagi. Yeah. However, you say the name of the studio. Right. There was a sequel that went pre-production. Really? Yes. It was like early pre-production. Like, yeah. Just kind of trying to figure out what the story was going to be, where they would go from where they were, kind of the early, early stuff. Yeah. And then there were like three other movies that were in various states of production. Yeesh. When this movie came out and it bombed so hard, it put the company out of business and all those got, all those uh, works got canceled. Ow. I feel sorry for those guys. Well, apparently the company still exists. Yes, it's just they now do. they're a financial lending company. Apparently. Of all things. That is crazy. But anyway, getting into the summary for this. Toby Tenma is a teenager who lives in the futuristic city-state of Metro City, which floats above the polluted sur- surface on Earth. His dad, Dr. Tenma, works at the Ministry of Science alongside Dr. Elephant who I kept thinking of the elephant game from when we were kids. Mm. Elephant the elephant. Do you remember that? No, I don't. I remember seeing commercials for it. It was a uh, plastic elephant kind of a thing that had a motor in it that would blow air up its quote-unquote clear trunk. And when you 
it'd blow butterflies out of it, and you were supposed to catch the butterflies. Interesting. Anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> yes. But that's what kept coming to my mind every time I heard this guy's name. Um, they create the Peacekeeper, an advanced defensive robot that is powered using the blue and red cores, two powerful energy cores that emit respective opposite positive and negative energy hmm. discovered by Dr. Elephant. The two scientists briefed the president of Metro City, uh, President Stone, who is running for re-election. And if you ever forget that, he'll let you know. Yes. <laughs> Against the scientist's warnings, uh, Stone loads the negative red core into the Peacekeeper, causing it to become highly aggressive. Toby is accidentally killed by the Peacemaker, as it attempts to violently leave the research facility before it is put down by Dr. Elephant. I bet you Francisco of the Retro Rewind podcast hates this movie. <laughs> You want to know why? Yeah, because disobedient to parents and children. <laughs> a distraught-driven Tenma revives Toby as a cyborg programmed with all his memories, but also makes his body with built-in defenses to protect him. Hmm. Which raises a lot of questions. Yes. Uh, powered by the blue core, the cyborg activates and believes himself to be Toby. But although he has his original mind and similar personality... Tenma realizes he could never be revived as the son he lost. Toby discovers his robot capabilities, including the ability to understand non-talking robots and rocket-powered flight. Stone has his forces pursue Toby, but the chase leads to him falling off the city's edge when Stone's flagship blasts him with the missiles. Meanwhile, Tenma escapes arrest by agreeing to disable Toby and give up the Blue Corps. Toby wakens in an enormous junkyard created from the redundant robots of Metro City. It dumped there. Hmm. He meets a group of orphan children, Zane, Sludge, and Widget, and Cora, accompanied by a dog-like robot named Trashcan, who could see through uh, Toby like a... like we could look through water, hmm. for being honest. Like looking through a window. Toby also meets the members of the Robot Revolutionary Force, or the RRF, Right. Sparks, Robotsky, and Mike the Fridge, who plan to free robots from mankind's control, but are very inept and bound by the laws of robotics. While attempting to recruit him for their cause, they renamed Toby Astro. Hameg, the caretaker of the orphans, takes Astro in. The next day, Astro comes across an old offline construction robot named Zog, whom he reactivates through sharing some of the Blue Core's energy. Hameg scans Astro finding he is actually a robot and paralyzes Astro with an electrical blaster to use him in the fighting ring. Astro reluctantly defeats Hameg's fighters until Zog gets deployed. Astro and Zog refuse to fight, and Hameg attempts to disable both of them, but Zog, who predates the laws of robotics, fights back. Zog nearly kills Hameg, but gets saved by Astro, shocking the crowd. Moments later, Stone's forces arrive to take Astro back to Metro City, and he willingly surrenders himself. Astro reunites with Tenma and Elephant and allows them to disable him, realizing even though Astro is not Toby, he is still his son. Dr. Tenma defies Stone, reactivates Astro, and lets him escape. Angry, Stone reloads the Red Core into the Peacekeeper to send it after Astro, only for it to absorb and merge with him. The Peacekeeper absorbs weapons and buildings, becoming bigger and stronger, and attacks Metro City, prompting Astro to battle it. Metro City's power station gets destroyed during the fight, causes the city to fall, and Astro uses his superhuman strength to help it land safely. 
The Peacekeeper tries absorbing Astro to get his blue core using the red core, but the core's connection causes a violent reaction and separates, separates them. Dr. Tenma tells Astro that the two cores united can destroy themselves. The Peacekeeper captures Astro's friends from the junkyard, and he flies into the red core, sacrificing himself to destroy it. While Stone survives from its destruction and gets arrested for his actions. As Elephant and the children find Astro's body, Zog reactivates Astro by sharing back the blue core energy that reactivated him, and Astro reunites with all his friends and his father. The city is later attacked by a monstrous cyclo cycloptic extraterrestrial, but Astro punches it as he leaps into action. <laughs> Getting into the trivia. The character of Astro Boy first appeared in print as a manga in 1952 by Osama Tezuka. This manga was adopted into the television shows Astro Boy, 1963, Astro Boy, 1980, and Astro Boy, 2003. The one from 1980 had it as one word, while the other two had it as separate words. Okay. Interestingly enough. Yes. As can be understood... This film was not a success in Japan, <laughs> or anywhere else for that matter, right. uh, opening at the bottom end of the top 10 films of that week. Initially, it broke box office opening records for a CGI animated movie in China at the time. However, numbers dropped after a few days. By the end of its run in China, it was not considered a box office success, unlike two other U.S.-produced Japanese-based films that had been done previously, namely... Dragon Ball Evolution, that same year in 2009, wow. and Speed Racer in 2008. Yeah. Uh, these had tanked in Japan, but went on to be hugely successful in China. Interesting. As Astro Boy is under construction, the blueprint plan briefly seen has, has been drawn exactly as the character appeared in Astro Boy 1963. Samuel L. Jackson only speaks a total of 11 words in the movie. Those being, I'm old school, not just people, the blue stuff, and no biggie. And I wonder how much they paid him for that. The same. It's like, wow, okay, you, you got a very high... Well, this was 2009, so that would have been... Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, he had just got done playing uh, Nick Fury in at the end of uh, uh, Iron Man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Putting this in perspective. Yes. Isaac Asimov's three laws of robotics are referenced a few times throughout the film. They are first mentioned when the RRF are introducing themselves to Astro. Mm -hmm. These laws, paraphrased, are as follows. A robot may not harm a be human being or, through an action, allow a human to come to harm. A robot must obey all orders given it by a human being as long as this does not conflict with the first law, and a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not interfere with the first or second laws. Huh. If you didn't know that. A man in a red cap and glasses with a big nose appears in almost subliminal cameos all throughout the film. This is the frequent self-caricature of Osama Tezuka. Really? Yes. Cool. Scarlett Johansson was set to voice Cora. Okay. But was replaced by Kristen Bell for unknown reasons. Hmm. Right before she went on to play Black Widow, Widow. for the first time. 
The Japanese release of the movie uses the original character model of Astro Boy, maintaining the original body form, facial features, and hairstyle, rather than the updated character model the rest of the world got. The differences can be noted in comparison between the U.S. and Japanese trailers for the movie. I want to put this in perspective. Okay. Because just saying, oh, they changed the model for Japan, doesn't sound like it's a lot. Think about how many scenes, how many shots, how many frames of this movie that Astro Boy is in. Yeah. I'm assuming... A uh, lot. I'm assuming not the original Toby Tenma. Yeah. The actual Toby slash Astro when he's a robot. That means every single one of those frames... Yeah. ...had to be re-rendered. Essentially recreated, not completely, because I mean they had all the they didn't have to go all the way back to scratch. Yeah. But they had to re-render the image just for Japan. So that it had the original character model. Think about how much work that is. Shimanese, can we get that copy? I, I I bet you can get it in Japan. Probably. And I bet it looks better because I actually don't really like Astro Boy's design in this. But uh it's one of the few I wasn't happy with. Gotcha. But, I mean, that's a lot of work. That is a lot that of work. That is replacing Sonic the Hedgehog's model level of work. Wow. Yeah, agreed. Except I don't think they actually had to do it other than they wanted to play Kate Japan. Yeah. Which is odd. But, anyway. Uh, last but not least... In summer 2006, the Hong Kong animation film Amaji Animation Studios picked up the property as part of a three-picture deal with Warner Brothers that also included TMNT, Hmm. which came out in 2007. Colin Brady was attached to direct. When Summit Entertainment took over the distribution rights in 2008, Brady was replaced by director David Bowers. Hmm. And that's the end of the trivia. Gotcha. So, since I've been talking a bit, what's your first like? My first like this movie has a stellar cast. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're talking like you know a tier level like Samuel Jackson in this movie. I didn't know that has a bit part. Has a bit part in this film. Like whoa, wait a minute. Like that's freaking amazing. Like you have uh, Keith Sutherland. Our let me think. Our Keith Sutherland. It was his father, Donald Sutherland. Donald a Sutherland, he was in there. Different Sutherland, different <laughs> Yes, I, agreed, agreed, agreed. Are you going to say that Charlie Sheen and Martin Sheen are the same person? No, I'm not going to say that. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. And I assume, Winning. There's, I assume there's a big difference between <laughs> Kiefer and Donald, too. Yes, agreed, 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 agreed. They're related. <laughs> They're different people. You and Jim are related. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And you are very different people. <laughs> agreed. I completely agree. Okay, so yeah, it's like the the cast is stellar. Uh, I think they were they were they were banking on. I don't think they were banking on, but it just it has this like let's let's hire the best people we can get. And uh, like according to behind the scenes, like everybody had a blast watching doing this. Uh, Donald Sutherland in particular just enjoyed doing this. Like every interview was like, I just had fun doing this. Like being these characters and be like, oh yeah, I love the I love the TV show or, um, just a stellar cast. I I really enjoyed listening to the voice actors and uh, it was Kristen Bell Bell. Thank you. I want to call Kristen Wig, but it's the wrong actress. Different different Kristen. Yeah, different Kristen. Kristen Wig was not in any of the Frozen movies. Yes, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Nor is it Kristen Stewart. 
thank the Lord. <laughs> Either way, my first like is actually the cast. It's, it's it's a great cast and like very shockingly surprised that Samuel L. Jackson is because it doesn't really sound like <laughs> no, him it doesn't. He's, he's, he's very robotic. <laughs> once you catch, once you know that's him, and you listen, you can hear twinges. Yes, of his voice. In yeah. There. I'm 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 halfway expecting for someone to go in and redub it, just to be like being Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> it's slightly robotic, and it's like, oh, that would be hysterical. Would never show it on, never uh, promote it here, but that would be hilarious to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, my first like is the cast. What's your number one? My first like is actually the character designs. Okay. With the exception of Astro Boys himself. Okay. There's, he's a little too modern anime-ish, for lack of a better term. Okay. Um, it is updating his his character character designs a little different. Uh, but when you look at everyone else's character designs, they are obviously playing off of the original characters that they're based off of. Yes. I mean, look at Dr. Tenma's giant nose. What? I mean, <laughs> this is back when uh, I mean, the original character designs are, like we said earlier, they're like mm-hmm. from the 1960s. Agreed. 1950s, 1960s. The art style was still very much aping off of Disney at yes. this time. The So, the, the Western... The strangely Western animation focus or cartoon focus of noses is still very prevalent at this time. So it made a good transition to kind of Westernize some of those designs a little bit to kind Mm -hmm. of give it a more Western cartoony feel without it feeling too, too, too uh, American, for Mm -hmm. lack of a better term. Yeah. It was a nice middle ground between, Western animation and Japanese style animation, um, which I appreciated. Uh, all the characters, you know, they 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 have this just this nice uh, middle ground, and I, yeah. I I like the way it looks. The only, like I said, the only problem I have here is um, Astro Boy himself, mm-hmm. and I think they when they redid the model. Or redid the character art for him. They leaned too much into the modern anime aesthetic. Okay, that makes I sense. mean, if you look go back and look at the original artwork for him, he does look more of what we think of as anime. Yeah. Than everyone else on that on in the show. Agreed. But they kind of leaned too far into that to where when you bring him forward, and obviously he's going to be a lot more visually detailed mm-hmm. uh, character than pretty much anybody else in the film. But he, there's just something about it that's too smooth. It's the best way I know how to put it. Okay. He's too smooth for, 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 a ro- for, a for the animation. You could claim that's because he's a robot, I yeah. guess, but then none of the other robots in the movie have that same feel to them. Yeah. I don't know if it's... Bec- it's almost a uh, Uncanny Valley situation, strangely enough. Okay. 
because he's like the least cartoony, but yet he's also the most cartoony in a strange way. And it just does not, it, I, I just don't like his, his design, but everybody else in this movie is spot on for the art direction. It's just, I feel, I feel like, you know what? I bet it is. I bet you, because they had to, I bet you that character they had they they went back and forth with with the Tezuka estate, and they got to put their two cents in. Okay. But that character in particular, because that's gonna be, that's their money character, right? Yeah. And I bet you they kind of massaged it more to the original style to the point where when they went to Japan, they just you know remade the character model apparently and make it more like the classic version. That makes sense. And that's just how it went. Uh, I don't know. I, I was his character model looks too human and yet too robotic at the same time. Okay, makes I sense. I don't know a better way to put it than that. Yeah, I, I can I can totally see your point. If uh, if they would have made to me like aesthetically, mm-hmm. uh, like definitely for me, I love looking at like uh, like Pinterest art or like design work of like someone how they would draw Astro Boy. Yeah, and there's a lot of it where you what? can see, you can see like the the metal fold lines and that kind of stuff on the, the skin to make him like, he looks human, but obviously he's not human. Right. It's, that, it, that may not have worked with the story of him thinking he's human. For agreed. Like the first half of agreed. the movie. Agreed. Agreed. Our first quarter of it. Anyway, mm-hmm. what's strange is that despite the fact they are the same character model ish, right. Toby doesn't have this problem. No, he doesn't, which is weird. I, it's I, maybe it's just because the hair is more, Solid, it does not have the same bounce that Toby's hair or anybody else's hair does. Right. But, and maybe it's just the eyes are a little too. Like I said, there's so much fake and so much, or so much fake. There's all it's all fake because it's cartoony. I mean, there's so much of the robot aesthetic they were using, right, and the human aesthetic that I don't think it meshed correctly. Okay. That's really what I guess what I'm getting at. Okay. Totally and good. I'm not even in dislikes yet. I just wanted to cover. That's the exception to the rule of how much I like the character designs in this okay. movie. Bear in mind, we're still in likes. What's your second like? My second like would actually be... There again, this is my first time ever watching the movie. The surprise to me was actually Toby's death. I was yeah. like, whoa, okay, where'd he come from? I was like, oh, crap. And it's like, oh, he died. I'm like, okay, he got vaporized. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, he's, he's still going to be there. Because I had, for me... Thankfully, they didn't actually show the death. Yeah. They just implied it, which makes sense for a kid's movie. Yeah. But you're still sitting there going, they're going to actually kill him. Yeah. They're not going to fatally injure him to where if they don't turn him into a robot, he's going to, uh, he's going to die. Yeah. He's going to lose injuries. Yeah. Because that would have been a perfectly plausible explanation. Yeah. I was even actually going for a time because it had been so long since I'd seen this movie. Mm -hmm. I was thinking maybe he's already the robot and this is just going to show it to everyone else that Dr. Tenma is a big idiot and trying to hide this from everybody. He's not really Dr. Tenma's birth son. Yeah. He's he's, he's, he's he's already a robot. Yeah. And I thought maybe that's what the explosion was showing. No, he's dead. And they're going, really? This is where we're going with this. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, the uh, oddly enough, it like kind of ironically, it reminds me of uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation, 
because there's a scene in the first episode where a character gets vaporized. <laughs> and in the last episode, you see that, that scorch mark. I'm like, ooh, yeah, that reminds me so much of Astro Boy. <laughs> I'm reminded- and oddly enough, that character walks by his own scorch mark. It's like, oh, that's ouch. not disturbing in the slightest. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm reminded of a very obscure quote. Okay. From a game called Star Trek Borg. Okay. It was a came out in like the 1995-96. Right. It was a full motion video game. Right. You know where you're just supposed to point and click as, as the video goes on to actually change where it's going. Exactly. And this one you followed uh well Q transports you back into the Battle of Wolf 359, which is the one where, you know, Picard was assimilated by the mm-hmm. Borg and was destroying all the ships. Yeah. Q transports you back there, and you have to somehow survive. And part of the explanation at the beginning, it revolves around talking about, because, talking about how your father was back there, because you're trying to save your father. Okay. In the game. And Q's describing your father's death. He's saying, and the ship got vaporized. Vaporized. Oof. No trace. (laughs) Nothing to bury, nothing to mourn. The Borg took all from way, all away from you in an instant. It's like, boy, just dig it right in there. And that's the thought that came to my mind actually watching this. Vaporized. Whoosh. No trace. That's, if you, you need to look up the scenes from that. Okay. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be like, it was, it was very interesting. They killed off uh, Toby that quick. I was like, okay. Because they're again, having no real connection with the Astro Boy, you know, franchise series whatever it's just like whoa okay that's how that happens okay cool I, I thought that was interesting when you were going through it and it's like I had one for like uh for my second and I was like no that scene I mean mm-hmm. like that is a really really cool scene it was shocking it was like whoa okay so yeah mine is Toby's uh being poofed out of existence <laughs> nothing to bury nothing to mourn <laughs> the pr- the the peacekeeper took it all away from you in an instant. <laughs> I understand your desire for justice. They don't know, do they? <laughs> okay, you. I'm quoting way too much of this game. I haven't played in 20 years. <laughs> this was also the game where you know, he had a little encyclopedia in it. Yeah. To, t- to tell you about, you know, all the races and such. And the one for Vulcan. It's, everything else is kind of semi-serious. But he gets to Vulcan he says, Vulcan. Oh, please. Everybody knows about the Vulcans. Dull, dull, dull. <laughs> Illogical cousins to the Romulans. And don't ask me to explain any more about them because I won't. <laughs> yeah, what is your number two? My number two dislike is that this is a pulpy sci-fi story. Agreed. Straight out of the 50s. Agreed. Oh, this is it's got camp. It's got science that's not really science. Yeah. Uh, it's magic-y science, but not yeah. in a stupid way, like modern magic-y science is. Right, it's not techno-babble. It's not techno-babble. There is techno-babble in here, right. but it's it's more of the the blue core has positive energy, and yeah, the oh red my... core is full of negative energy. Oh my gosh. And if they ever meet, they'll explode. <laughs> I'm thinking like, how do you know this? <laughs> 
And then there comes the question: Have you run tests? Have you done diagnostic yet? <laughs> probably. They don't have a lot of this energy. That is but true. I bet you they chipped off a little here, chipped off a little, a little here, here, and then and just had a little small little explosion. It's like, oh, we might not want to get this any bigger than this. Oh, God. Just bear in mind, remember how he describes this energy? Yes. So he's like, he found the energy and he separated it into the blue and red. That means at one point, it was there was a purple energy green. core thing <laughs> that was stable. Oh, yeah. Because it was there. Maybe it wasn't stable and that's why he had to separate it. Right. But it was there and he separated it into these blue and red ones. And the reason they weren't blowing each other up there besides maybe he got it separated just fast enough was because they weren't concentrated. Which is how I saw it here. And then it's like, oh yeah, the three laws of robotics. Okay, so you're actually going to play on this. Are you going to explain this in the course of the movie? No, because that's not important. Mm-hmm. Fine, fine, whatever. Very important. But then it's like, but then my favorite part is, yeah, they, I actually caught, they said, yeah, they, uh, it's been the, uh, Zog was built uh, 70, 80 years ago. He doesn't work anymore. And then Hammock says, uh, says, no, you have to listen to us say the, ro- the laws of robotics have been applied at every uh, robot built in the last 50 years. Right. <laughs> um, Zog was built before that point. I bet he didn't get the patch. <laughs> I bet there wasn't an update he had to download that would instill the three laws of robotics. Probably. That's why wow. you get Samuel Jackson saying, I'm old school. <laughs> it's like, yes, you are. Uh, and understanding that fact now, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely, <laughs> that's that's a line he had to say two or three times because the first time it sounded too much like Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> say yes. Yeah, say it this time with a little robotic, but like, what the? I'm f- old school. Oh. Yeah, close enough. enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's... Oh my gosh. Uh, it, it really hit me, though, when you see the extraterrestrial alien at the end. Yeah. And it looks like something that would be in a 50s era cartoon. <laughs> right. It's like, it's Cyclops, it's got eight arms, and it moves too much yeah. for this animation style. Exactly. And yet, strangely, it is, while it's too fluid, it's also very jittery, like it's being animated in fours. <laughs> strangely enough. Mm. It's trying to save as much money as we can. Uh, I wonder why. But yet it's still, well, based on the old animation style, because it's obviously a throwback to that mm-hmm. old animation style, but it's like... That's good. That's good. Uh, it's one of the few times they actually kind of play into that older style of animation mm-hmm. in this. But I mean, uh, it's it's just and you don't get a modern science fiction has right. been tied to the science must be realistic for so stinking long uh-huh. that we for some reason can't enjoy a good pulpy sci-fi anymore, and that, that kind of bugs me. Agreed. So, yeah, I like that this was a classic, campy, sci-fi movie, pulpy sci-fi movie. I got you. Totally get it. And, like, if you would have talked to me probably, at this point, probably 20, like, 15, 20 years ago, I'd be like, this is too old. Like, just be like, it's throwing it back to an era I didn't want to talk about Mm -hmm. because it wasn't my generation. 
And now it's just more like, oh, okay, that's cool. And be like, you get more of a homage to a, 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 a time period gone by. And it's just, it's, it's very unique to uh, jump into something like that. And it's like, oh, okay, that's cool. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that aspect of it. Third, your third like, sir. My third like. Um, I was, I was, kind of, I was kind of torn on this one. Um, err. Heck, I'll throw, I'll throw it here uh, because the, the third one is like, oh, okay, that's kind of a, it's kind of a positive and negative, but I'll throw it in the last one. Like but, blue and red energy. Yeah, kind of like blue and red energy, <laughs> except it's more the villain. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, it's uh, the father rejecting his robot son, and I, I'd be like, I know that's probably the most cheesiest thing in the planet. It's like, oh my gosh, be like you you decided you wanted to play God, and you you're like you 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 desire to have your son back, mm-hmm. so you use robotics like uh, Doctor Victor Frankenstein to create life. And now you're not satisfied with it, like Victor Frankenstein. <laughs> yes. And oh no, be like you're you're not Toby. I've, I think I've gotten my uh my uh, Nicholas Cage down a little bit. It's like yeah, you're not <laughs> you're Toby. You're not Toby. Yeah, you're not Toby. But we're still gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> I want his face <laughs> off. <laughs> They um, should have said that line in this movie yes, somewhere when the, yeah. maybe they're repairing Astro. I want his face, face. off. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, that's staying in. Yes, that is staying in. Yes, that is staying in. Anyway. But it's it's the idea that uh, a scientist, you know, go, going into you know the Christianity, the spiritual of it, that if of if a man can try to create the essence of his son through a simple DNA strand, be like, Oh, I'm going to implant all these great memories of him. And it's, it's a man of pure science, a man of, uh, of knowledge and learning, Mm -hmm. but it's a man trying to create something. He has no, like, like grant it's science. It's science fiction. That's what they do. Yeah. But But the the thing is science fiction even science fiction from the time period this is supposed to be based yes. in mm-hmm. was dealing with the concept that yet yeah, cloning does not make an exact copy yeah. of well I mean, it might be an exact even if it's pure genetic cloning oh yeah yeah the dna might be the same the body might be the same mm-hmm. you might a- even be able to pull off scars and blemishes that would have come after birth yeah and but it's not the same soul. There's more to humanity than, than so, just you know an outward appearance. This, yeah, exactly. This fle- earthly, fleshy, yeah, material, yeah, carnal stuff. Yeah, there's more to humanity than that, which is something science has never been able to quite wrap its head around. Yeah, exactly. But you know, as Christians, you uh-huh. know, we know that there is a soul. Yeah, and that it was created. You know, it, it's. It's strange, to be honest, if you're trying to look at this from a Christian perspective, Mm -hmm. this is like the equivalent of a test tube baby or artificial insemination because it's created in the most inhumane way possible Mm. outside of 
well, this is actually worse than artificial insemination because there is no biological process happening here. Yeah. But he still got his own soul. He did not get implanted with the old soul. Yeah. Toby was able to go on to what would one would assume would be his eternal reward. Yeah. One way or the other. Yeah. Because we don't know enough about Toby's character or right. really about religion at all in this shit. Yeah, it's it's not really broad. The closest we get is like I, they do mention Immanuel Kant's treaties, which was actually anti-religion, I believe. Okay. Interesting. I, I don't know enough about philosophy. We'll have to ask a, a buddy about it. Okay. It's a church camp. I got you. Because <laughs> uh, he actually... Here's the thing. I did not... The first time I watched this, I would not have noticed the word Kant yeah. as anything. But because I've listened to some other podcasts that go a little bit deeper into Christianity mm-hmm. than, uh, well, you normally get. Right. And get into some of the philosophy of it. I, I I ran across that I'd run across that name before, so I immediately picked up my eyes. Oh, you went anti-religious real fast in a very subliminal way. Mm. Interesting, huh? But yeah, he's a scientist. It makes sense. It does. It does. Is the, the idea like going back to the idea that man is trying to play God, and all all you're doing you're 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 playing you 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 have this idea that like oh I can put everything together, but I don't have everything. It's it's the idea that. God is talking to a talking to a scientist and like, oh, I can create life. It's oh, okay. So you can use anything. It's like it'd be like you have to you know, create your own. It's okay. So the guy's looking around, he picks up the guy's like, uh uh-uh, uh, can't use that. I I created it first. And so everything humanity tries to create, God created before them. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's it's <laughs> Humanity definitely going back to the the doc, uh, Dr. Jekyll, not Dr. Jekyll, but uh, uh, Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah, Dr. Frankenstein, of uh, a, a man who is. It's pronounced be- Frankenstein. Moving Fra- on. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. You've not seen the movie. No, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> I own it now. <laughs> I need to watch it. Um, we need to have a Halloween movie watching. Party. Yes, agreed. Uh, so, yeah, it's just this idea that man can create life. That has a soul, but mm-hmm. they're dissatisfied because it's not the soul you wanted. It's it's like the idea of adopting a child and not wanting because it's not the child you wanted. Be like, you have created life, my friend, and you are rejecting it simply because you know, because well, it's not Toby. But that's the thing. As a scientist... He thought he had the perfect workaround. For oh yeah, he definitely not. He had the, he had, uh, he he was able to build the body mm-hmm. pretty much exactly like it. He had the positive energy, which somehow affects decision making. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that works. And he had it's some, somehow from the the strand of hair from the ball cap he was wearing at the time of his death. Yeah, which the somehow only didn't thing... get vaporized. Uh, he was able to, from that DNA, he was somehow able to pull all of Toby's memories. Yeah. F- from birth to, you know, his death. Yeah. Somehow suppress the memories of his death. Yeah. <laughs> Which I just thought of right now. And implanted that somehow into this robot body. Mm-hmm. And he assumed it was going to be. 
his the son. Same, his same character. But here's the here's the problem. How do we not know he wasn't acting just like his son would act in those situations? Yeah, it's proven. He, he pretty much says uh, he wasn't spending a whole lot of time with Toby, mm-hmm. especially in those layers. So he doesn't know how much of an energy, how, how energetic he was, how much of a goofball he may have been. Yeah. Uh, and he certainly was surprised by every time he was being dis- his son was being disobedient to him and doing everything he wasn't supposed to do because he was super excited about seeing this giant robot. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how does he not know this is not acting like his son? Yeah. And I think part of it is, is you know, there's, there's a certain knowledge of knowing on a deeper level than I can explain. Yeah. That you can tell this is not the same person, even though they have all the memories of that person. Yeah. Somehow you would know. Yeah. I don't know a good way to explain it other than that. But obviously this is going to be a... He, he needed to be treated like a second person anyway. Yeah, I agree. He was a second son. And he... And that's why by the, when you get to the end of it, the uh, he, has to, he accepts him as his son and says, Yeah, you may not be the son I had, but, you're, yeah. but you are my son. Exactly. Still, and I'm going to treat you like that. So yeah, that's that's my little treatise on that i got you and i totally get it It definitely it definitely works it's the idea of a man trying to trying to play god and trying to recreate life in which you're basically using all the same parts in which god created but you're just like you're you're not satisfied with the ending Mm -hmm. and it's it's like dr victor victor frankenstein it's the man who creates life and then realizes oh i'm not satisfied with this I don't want it anymore. And then we could go into a political thing about that. We're not going to with this because that's not the kind of podcast we do. Yeah. But um, we've already d- uh, dug deeper into theology than we normally do. So. Right. Well, we, 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 we've kind of gotten into that trend. Of I kind of like the trend. Actually. I do. I really enjoy it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just the, the idea that a man is basically recreating his son in his son's image, but it's not his son. Yeah. It's basically be like, Oh, I, I created the perfect likeness of my son, but it's not him. It's not him because twins aren't the same. No, they're not. Even though they look the same. Right. They have different perfect. Identical twins do not have the same personalities and Ex- different things oh, happen. Believe to me. Them. Yes. <laughs> Nurture, nature, all that kind of stuff uh-huh. you go into. But yeah, I mean, obviously he's going to be a different person, even if he's got all the memories of Toby. Exactly. And it's not like those memories he has are any less real to him than they were to Toby. Exactly. It's just even though he knows they're not his, he's now building new memories to go along with those memories. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yep. So my, that is my number three. My third like. Well. I'm going to do a little bit of a lead in here. Okay. There is another movie we've reviewed that shares a similar structure to this movie. Okay. It's a movie. It's a moment in another movie where, you know, the child feels rejected from his society. Okay. He runs off to far from home. Oh, uh, Okay. And runs into a character who happens to be played by... Uh, I can go look up the actor's name. Uh, 
Good night. Where is he? Uh, happens to be played by a character played by Nathan Lane. Yeah. Who played Pumba or Timon? Timon. I'm sorry. And uh, yeah, because Pumba's not in this movie. No, he's not. That would be funny though. And so I kind of latched onto that mentally. It's like, oh, it's Timon. Uh, so yeah, these are going to be. Hammig is going this Hammig guy because mm-hmm. bear in mind I know nothing about the source material right. other than there's a robot boy named Astro Boy mm-hmm. I know nothing about this so it's like oh we're gonna go meet a guy named Hammig the robots hate him could be a good reason for that but we'll see right. um, the kids love him and you know of course kids just they they just have great senses of who's good and who's bad and they would never hang out with an evil person. Uh, right. All these orphans. Why would they hang out with evil people? Mm. Um, and then the turn. Mm-hmm. It's only vaguely hinted at that he's not who he says he is. Yeah. Throughout most of the film, it shows up with the exception that you know he's got Astro Boy has to go back to Doctor Tenma because there you will. You kind of know there's got to be some reconciliation there at some point, right? Because even here, Dr. Tenma is being uh, shown as a kind of a reluctant uh, father figure. Yeah. And, of course, you've got uh, Elephant the Elephant up there, who's just so I see his name. Dr. Elephant up there. He's a good guy. So, I mean, it's not like they're evil scientists. Yeah. Like they are good scientists. Right. But uh, you get down to Hammock. It's like, oh, yeah, I love robots. I like working on them. I used to work up in Metro City, but I I couldn't stand that kind of life. So it's like, okay, you're just the ambassador for this other form of life. You're the you're the Dr. Tenma from Earth. Yeah. While Dr. Tenma is the one from uh, Metro City. That's kind of how I was thinking about it. Until <laughs> the turn. It's like, ah, you're a bad guy. Yeah. And there was n- and only vague. There was only vague hints that you were not the bad. That you were the bad guy up until right. this point. Right. That's a good turn, actually. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm sure if you knew he was the villain, because you knew the source material. Right. You would have seen. You would have known this was a bad thing from the beginning. I mean, falling to Earth from yeah. Metro City is n- right. Not a good thing because you know, fallen angel, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that also has um, a kind of a. Uh oh, come on! Oh, what falling was from Grace? No, no, no! Yeah, like falling from Grace. Like you can go that route. I was going for another anime, uh, which uh oh, come on! What, uh, what is what is that? What is that show? What? Uh, it's uh, they did a they did a live action movie of it recently, and it was amazing. Ghost in the show? No. Uh, Battle Angel. Alita? Battle Battle Angel Alita. Yeah, it's the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh wow, parallels here. Yeah. Uh, Geek Devotions in our chat, uh, Dallas, uh, says, of course they're connected. Referring to, you know, The Lion King uh-huh. and this movie. Yeah. Says, of course they're connected. After all, Disney plagiarized Tezuka's Kimba the White Lion when they did Lion King. That's completely utterly false. I'm aware of this, but <laughs> the similarities. But, yes, I agree. The, the similarities, similarities are so canny. Are so, and it's like, ah. Uh, I mean, let's face it, Lion King did more to plagiarize Hamlet. With yeah, that agreed, movie agreed. Than actually, did Kimba the White Lion. Yeah, agreed. Even, there's just a lot of things that yeah, are close. Yeah, good, good but, point, Dallas. Very good point. But that's a very good point. It's like, yeah, there's connections there. It's, well, 
It's a small world after all. <laughs> anyway. No, no, anything but that. Yes. Um, but anyway, um, I've lost my place. What was I talking about? Uh, oh, Timon. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. Nathan Lyon. Right, yes. Uh, I, I just love how you can't, you don't see his turn coming. And uh, it, it worked on a pretty decent level. But I do have issues with this, which I would need to discuss in dislikes. So if you're fine with me jumping into my first dislike. Go for it. This movie needs to pick a villain and <laughs> stick with it. I don't know if President Stone was in the original source material. I mean, with a name like President Stone, I suspect he wasn't because that sounds too American, uh, <laughs> if we're being honest. But it, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. Right. But you've got President Stone up there with his uh, peacekeeper robot. Once again, that sounds a little too American for that to be the thing. And then you got Hamig on the surface who's doing a lot of evil, evil things. It's like, so you got a whole nother bad, bad guy villain story. This is two movies in one. It's just one movie plays in the middle of the other two, the other right. one. And it's like, pick a story and stick with it. Right. I understand having multiple villains. I understand this is probably, if, if, the, if this is even based on an actual storyline from the source material, which right. I doubt... I very severely doubt. I suspect this was an original story created for this movie. Um, I it feels like they much like the problem with the biggest issue with Alita Battle Angel is. Mm -hmm. It feels like it's more too. It feels like there's two different, too many different stories happening at one time because they are adapting too many chapters. Yeah, at one time. And so sticking with a storyline and then expanding upon it. Yeah. There's so much that happens in this movie. I can understand why some people may get confused. And because you've got all the stuff going on in Metro City. Then we take a break from Metro City and go hang out on Earth for a while. Mm -hmm. And we meet this whole other cast of characters. Complete that arc. Go back to Metro City. And then somehow you've got to wrap everything up with all the characters coming up to Metro City. Yeah. Uh, it's too much at one time. Yeah. Agreed. This is, this is a kind of story that works good in a more serialized short with each each uh, thing being, you know, like 30 minutes to an hour long mm -hmm. that it does in a movie format. It just almost does not work here because you're trying to do so much. Agreed. And you didn't do it in a way that made sense. The movie just needed, I think, some focus on it. And the way I put it in my notes is pick a bad guy and stick with him. Yeah. Because while Hammig's the villain, you forget about President Stone. Yeah. Until he captures uh, Astro Boy. And then once you're up there... And Metro City again, after we've met Hammock, they don't even talk about Hammock anymore. Yeah. He pops up like once. Maybe once. To get arrested again. Yeah. So it's like, why are you even here? Mm -hmm. Why? Why? It feels like they had one story and they felt this isn't good enough. We need to put bookends. Yeah, agreed. 
that's kind of what it felt like. So yeah, that's my first dislike is pick a villain and stick with it. Mm. Mine kind of ties in with uh, your your first dislike is the it's like okay, so Astro Boy or uh, Toby falls down to Earth, and like he is befriended by these kids, and he meets uh, what's Timon's character's name again? Hamig. Hamig. Meets Hammock and my, it's my part first of a well balanced breakfast. Yeah, ham and egg. Ham and egg. <laughs> ham That's egg. the joke. It is. That ham is the joke. That is the joke. Ham and egg. Uh... <laughs> now I'm getting the joke. <laughs> he does not like green eggs and ham. Apparently, he just likes destroying robots. <laughs> so, like the the lead up to Hammock, uh, just like I, when I'm watching the movie, I'm like, wait a minute, Astro Boy is a robot and yeah. he, start, he starts talking about fighting robots and i'm like oh, okay i see where this is going how is it gonna turn yeah. i was like oh okay i got you and the my, my the, the same thought be like you have too many plot threads going through this movie and it's like we're stopping everything to do this robot fight yeah <laughs> and i'm like why are we stopping the film we're stopping the progression of the story it's a yeah it's a cool scene but it yeah, does literally you, nothing for the movie. And you, except, got, and you got a great lead, but it's just, it feels like it interrupts. Yeah, exactly. What's supposed to be the main story to go hang out in the side story for a while. Yeah, but it's just, yeah, the, the whole robot fight is like, really? You're, 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 you're pumping the brakes in your story to just do a really cool action scene, which is like, okay, cool. But like, you're just basically applying the e-brake and having your entire story slide into slide into a drift, and then it has to pick up again. Yeah, it's like thirty minutes later. Yeah, thirty minutes later. Like, like what do you want to pad the runtime? What yeah. it sounds like. That's what it felt like. What that what they could have done just more because by- what they had to do was bring the other storyline to a complete halt. Uh huh. Reintroduce like fifteen characters. Yeah. For the first time, mm-hmm. because all the characters from Metro City are still up in Metro City. Yeah. We got an entirely new cast when we get down to Earth. Yeah. You got to introduce the robot revolutionary front. Oh, my you, gosh. Those three goobers. Yes. You got to uh, introduce us to all the kids. Mm-hmm. You got to introduce us to Hamig. Mm-hmm. The only character that really didn't need an introduction, or at least the introduction I thought was not rushed. Yeah. Was Zog. Yeah. And that's because it was more about Astro Boy learning about his abilities and learning to actually be a good fellow robot. Right. But anyway. Yeah. The the way I see they could have approached that is that Astro Boy falls to Earth. He meet, he meets everybody. But it's more that um, President... I want to say snow, but it's not snow. It's stone. <laughs> stone. President Stone is still after him. So I would almost like like President Stone is like he's still after Astro Boy. And instead of having the story stop to t- tell the side story before we can get back to the main story, why don't you have the main story follow Astro Boy down instead yeah. of having him pick up later? At the, at the very least, keep us having going back and at least saying, "Sir, we can't find uh, we can't find Tenma's son," or uh, we 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 think he might be over in this area over here. Yeah. Or bring us in, bring keep keep 
the president's stone and all that stuff present there so you can feel like there's at least a sense of dread what if the, what if they find him with mm-hmm. these kids what's that going to mean to the kids what could this mean to the kindly inventor who surely is not the villain of this of this side story <laughs> right <laughs> what could all of this mean no they're just like we're going to ignore the fact that they existed for a while and just keep showing you shots of the city from time to time as our reminder mm-hmm. of his of Astro's past life yeah they, 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 you, this, ca- you killed the momentum of the movie. Yeah, quite literally to tell this little side story and you which go back up. Which admittedly, there are some important things for the story that happen during the side story. Exactly. But for the most part, it's like, you could have handled this better. Agreed. Anyway. Yeah. Mine is the, the side story of the robots fighting. All right. So my second dislike... The robots, with the exception of Astro Boy himself, remind me of the robots in the Blue Sky animation film Robots. Really? And not in a good way. Okay. <laughs> they are I, they, they are a little more uh, pulpy science fiction-y here okay. than they are in Robots. Right. Even though it's kind of got that same uh, architecture mm-hmm. style, except... In robots, they're all rusted and old. Mm-hmm. In this one, they're more, uh, you know, shiny and new. But the acting in the joke telling is the same, and it's very cringe-worthy. Yes. Alan Tudyk, I love you, buddy. <laughs> but your role as Squeegee, not one I'd keep on your IMDb if you could find a way to get rid of it. <laughs> The chicken, the angry chicken was a better role. Uh, <laughs> then Squeegee. <laughs> or what was the other guy? Mr. Sprayer? Spray. Spray, something like yeah, that? Yeah, but he's, he's he was sprayed like uh, by a comedian. Yeah, I mean, that made sense. But then you got Alan Tudyk playing this other character. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, the other guy was Mr. Squirt. Yeah, Mr. Squirt. Mr. Squirt and Mr. Squeegee. Alan Tudyk, you need to find some way to excise <laughs> Mr. Squeegee that role. from your... From your filmography. I don't know how you do that, but you need to. Uh, the robots in here are just so corny and so cheesy. Mm-hmm. Five seconds into Viva Le Robotolution, or however oh, they said that. Oh my gosh. I was like, yeah. stop. Yeah, please. Stop. stop, please. I knew this was bad when you brought in Mike the Fridge. <laughs> and I thought maybe, you know obvious Russian robot was going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But after the, what, 15th ice maker joke? Oh my gosh. It's like, yeah. are you an ice maker? What are <laughs> you? I don't even know what you're supposed, what your job was supposed to be. Obviously, you're more of a specialized robot than the other goober you're hanging, the, the first robot in that other thing, mm-hmm. hang, like the fridge, very specialized. But, because <laughs> all he has is a fridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the robots here, it feels like the robots are the butt of the jokes. Mm-hmm. They're minions who you can understand. They're that kind of character. Right. Can we not do that? Can we just have... Can't we... If you're going to have comedy in a movie, can it not come from the main people? Can it not come from the cast? Can it not come from the situations? Does it have to be dumb fart jokes? Yeah. I don't mind a dumb fart joke from time to time. But when you hit him at me three times in five <laughs> seconds, 
That's a little much. I know it makes the preschoolers laugh, but you're not just making films for preschoolers. You're actually talking down to the preschoolers. You need to be talking up to the preschoolers so they'll catch up with the rest of us. Mm -hmm. Because that's how I learned. I grew up watching Star Trek at the age of five. (laughs) And look how successful I am now. (laughs) He's on a podcast. (laughs) 35, no prospects. Except I got a good job. There we go. There's that. But yeah, no relationships except for well, no no romantic relationships. I go. should say. Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. Fixing that because I didn't want you to take that the wrong way. Yeah, thank you. I don't have a girlfriend, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> thank you. You fixed that situation perfectly. <laughs> but no, what I'm trying to say is, what I'm trying to say is, this has been my biggest issue with children's films, or children films aimed more at children. Right. For the past 20, 30 years. Yeah. Is that they they don't treat, they, they don't respect the intelligence of children. Right. Children are very smart. Agreed. They aren't all ADD heads. That's just Jacob. No, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, where? What? What's yeah, going exactly. on? Exactly. You still you still have that issue. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, the jokes for that section, it's like, they're stupid. They, I don't, I, I guess... I guess kids find it funny, and they're not really bad jokes. Mm-hmm. But there's too many of them. It's like it's distracting from the movie. And I would have preferred, you know, them. It's the biggest problem I have with these minions s characters that they just thousands of them. But anyway, agreed. Uh, that's my second dislike. What's yours? My second dislike. And now, granted, this is the nitpick. This is the extreme nitpick. Nicolas Cage and his flat performance. <laughs> yeah, he didn't quite match his character. No, he thing. didn't. It's like, son, I really love you. It's like, but I'm going to take you offline. That's like Nicolas Cage. Your character is showing more emotion than you're speaking. <laughs> that is so true. That is also, so true. President Stone. Your character is showing more emotion than you're actually speaking. <laughs> I mean, he President Donald Sutherland was not as bad as Nick Cage, but no, were, it's... there were parts where you're looking and going, "That's voiced." Yeah, you did not try to to make me suspend my disbelief at all. Yeah, even like even Nick Cage in the featurette was like, "It's like, yeah, I really, I'd be like, grew up watching Astro Boy, I really loved it. It was really great." Then and I'd be show it, show your emotion, man. Be a living actor in this film. <laughs> uh, there, there again. I know Nicolas Cage is not known <laughs> for being a very dynamic actor. He does kind of have a, the same kind of tone, but I have seen him in stuff get excited and have fun. I mean... Have you seen Face Off? <laughs> I've seen Face Off. I actually have not seen Face Off. I've seen clips. What? <laughs> I just haven't gotten around to it. Okay. Totally fair. I, I, totally I fair. did see pictures of Nicolas Cage in his mask for COVID. It was very nice. What? Yeah. You know, John Travolta. <laughs> Good one. Yes. Good yes. one. Yes. Uh, <laughs> now, I've not actually seen the movie, but I'm, I'm thinking of things like uh, Ghost Rider. Okay. Where uh, he's his character is getting filled with Ghost Rider's energy, and he kind of gets that wild glint in his eyes and he's, well, it's Nicolas Cage. Like, he's being going the full nick cage yeah which we need 
I would have liked the full Nick Cage in this movie, please. I know he's supposed to be sad and mopey for the whole thing, but even in the beginning where he should be somewhat excited about his new current project that the president's coming to see and is maybe going to sign off on, uh-huh. he's not showing any happy, yeah. uh, any excitement at all. Yeah, I'm and just, I would have, I would have liked it. And I, he didn't have any emotion when he's finally accepted. Astro as his son at the yeah. end of the movie. And I'm sorry that I keep interrupting and taking your stuff because this is your point, not mine. Spotlight. <laughs> anyway. I get excited. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. Yeah, it's 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 Nicolas Cage. Like like you said before, it's like Nicolas Cage is he's got this flat, monotone voice. Now now I sound like uh Nicolas Cage. I sound like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> And uh, it's kind of cool. But he, he just talks like this the entire time. Unless he goes, wild and crazy! <laughs> but he never does that. He never does me. nothing in this film except just talks. Normal. Keep in mind, this was the guy in line to play Superman. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's either he's flat monotone or he's wild and crazy. <laughs> yes. It's like, not the bees! One? Not the bees! <laughs> like General Zod. I'm going to destroy you. <laughs> and I'm serious. He's not my son. I thought I could bring him back. We should just take, we should just take this boy offline mm. and I'll just go about my, I'll just go be sad mopey somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Nicholas Cage, you just talked about killing somebody <laughs> and you showed no <laughs> care whatsoever. You didn't even show any ounce of being conflicted. If you thought this was going to be your son and it ended up not being your son, which means he's somebody else, it is a human life, even if it's an android robot human life hybrid thing, (laughs) you should care more about killing it. All I gotta say, it's a cage thing. That's all I gotta say, it's a cage thing. That's my number three. It's a cage thing. What's your number three? In the trivia section, I mentioned a couple of other movies that came out around mm-hmm. this time. Speed Racer, Dragon Ball Evolution. Mm-hmm. I'd yeah. like, I would like to add a couple others, or one other one that's come out since then that mm-hmm. I think falls into the same category. Even though I liked the movie, uh, Ghost in the Shell has the same problems. Okay. Or sa- had the same reactions, I should say. Okay. Uh, I don't think Alita Battle Angel had this, had this reaction. Yeah. And I don't know why, but this is this and those other films I mentioned were all the nails in Western adaptation of anime. Agreed. And I hate that this is one of those films (laughs) because on some instances, I think this is actually trying better than Ghost in the Shell than uh, uh, the Dragon definitely better than Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh my god. Speed dude. Racer is not an adaptation of Mach 5 Go Go Go. It is an adaptation of Speed Racer, which is different. It's Mario Kart the movie, and I don't care what you say, it's still fun. <laughs> but I still need to watch that movie. Yes. Uh it is it is it's Mar- like I said, it's Mario Kart the movie. Okay. It is at all. All of these films get lumped together as, and these are all reasons that anime uh, or manga creators, Japanese creators, 
are so iffy about signing off on Western made projects. And that's because they put out stuff like this. That is not a true representation of, of the work. Now, like I said, this is not as bad as Dragon Ball Evolution. Even though I've watched Dragon Ball Evolution, I know what it was trying to do. It failed miserably, but I know what it was trying to do. I know the parts it was adapting. It just didn't work. It was too Power Rangers-esque. Maybe that's the problem, actually. They're trying to make these into Power Rangers, and they're not. This is not exactly have the same problem because it is still a kid's movie. They were trying right. to make a kid's movie out of this. Um, a modern-day kids movie out of a 50s sci-fi schlocky, pulpy, admittedly kid-centered television mm-hmm. manga and show. But they just... They don't get it right. Yeah. There's some element of it they don't get right that I can't explain. And that's why I say this is another nail in the coffin of American-made anime adaptations. Yeah. My only hope is we get more stuff like Detective Pikachu and uh, Alita Battle Angel. Mm-hmm. And I'll even throw Sonic the freaking Hedgehog on that on that pile. Okay. Uh, of, of adaptations of Japanese properties that are actually done good. Right. I want more stuff like that. Okay. Astro Boy is good, don't get me wrong, but it's not as good. Okay. As it could have been. And some of that, I think, is simply because the property itself is a little on the old side for good adaptation. Right. Because, I mean, even now, pulpy sci-fi is not in. You still have to have this kind of realistic thing for audiences to accept it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a kid's movie, but you even the kids know the science is fake mm-hmm. in this. And it's there's that feel even then that the... the um, that it should be more realistic even to the kids. In fact, there's people who will say it needs to be more realistic for the kids so they will understand the truth that is science. But <laughs> I think that's that played against it. I think they tried to give at least some... Uh, I think that's why it doesn't perform well. And when you get right down to it, there's just an edge of professionalism in this movie that is not there that was actually ironically there in TMNT mm. the other movie that this uh, uh-huh. production company this animation company produced and I don't know why there's a difference I don't know if maybe it's just because they were trying to be more kid friendly while TMNT while kid friendly was meant more for the uh, older kids mm-hmm. maybe they aimed too young for this one and they tried too much to try and dumb it down a little. I don't know, but it's still just another nail in the coffin of Americans make uh, adapting anime. Okay. And I think that's sad because I find it interesting when people from other cultures adapt stuff from cultures that aren't their own and make something kind of new out of it. Okay. You look at Alita Battle Angel... It's an American movie, but it's got so much of that Japanese influence in there that it's almost its new thing. Yeah. Put that on its head, and you look at something like... uh, There is anime made based on 
cart- uh, comic books, and I can't think of the names of them right now. Oh, better, good, good example. My Hero Academia is based on a, a kind of a loose adaptation of Western co- superhero comics. Right. But it's still told in a Japanese way. It's an interesting way of storytelling that's not fully Japanese and not fully Western. Yeah. When you have these weird Frankensteinian uh, connections, you can do some good stuff. But the problem is, for every uh, perfect creation, mm-hmm. you have garbage. And I think this fits somewhere in the middle. It's like, it's not bad. It's not good. It's just there. And it's just not a amazing, great, hallelujah adaptation of Astro Boy. And I don't know if you really could have made one of those without, you know, just fully making it a 50s black and white cartoon. Agreed. I don't really know if you could do it where it made sense. So, yeah, that's that's my third dislike here. And is... uh, it's another nail in the coffin okay. of, of American anime. Okay, gotcha. All right, so my third dislike. How many times can a character say, I'm running for re-election? Good night. Nice. <laughs> wow. It's Good like, you know, I'm running for re-election. We know. Oh, we, we, we get the I'm point. I'm not voting for you. <laughs> Yeah, pre- President Stone, I got it right with this time. President Stone, the uh, Donald Sutherland be like, yeah, has amazing, you know, docile toy and docile to- tones as an actor. He's got this really amazing voice. But if I ever have to hear him say I'm running for re-election or there's a re-election coming, I will stab him in the eye. <laughs> the character, not the character, not him himself. Don't want to assault an actual person. But uh, I will find a picture of President Stone. <laughs> I will take this pair, of, this knife here at the end of this pair, this end of this multi-tool. I'm a Texan, so I'm going to have pocket knife, of course. <laughs> I just want to go, <laughs> you know, go full. Uh, David, that, uh, what is the Norman name? Bates? Yeah, Norman Bates. I want to go full Norman Bates on the, on his eyes if I have to hear him say, "I'm running for re-election." By the way, that's the character, not Donald Sutherland. Donald <laughs> Sutherland, love you. Don't want to hurt you at all. I don't want this to be misconstrued in any way, shape, form, pos at all. Drew does not condone violence against an actual human being. President Stone, on the other hand, step, shut step, up. Step, step, step. <laughs> anyway, my my point is that. He is the most cheesiest villain I've ever seen. I probably had yes. review for it. It's like Hammock I was actually a better villain. <laughs> I would agree with you. It's just like there's there's so much of like okay, we get you're being reelected. I get you're the villain. It's like he's not even a real like your your Astro Boy is like he's a a fairly good villain, but you have this such a be like just kind of a meh. He gets absorbed by his own robot. Yes. <laughs> And, and it's you just, see it coming. Yeah, you see it coming a mile away. It's like, oh, Ooh. I'm getting reelected. <laughs> Stone, I don't even care that you just got hit. This isn't going to change anything. Other than now the big giant robots are going I'm running for re-election. <laughs> I got an election to run. And like, die. I must have the blue energy core for some reason. <laughs> I honestly don't know why he wants it. He has it the red core. Change anything. Same. 
And if he was listening, which we know he doesn't listen to the scientists, why would he do that? Yeah. He, if he had listened, he's like, oh yeah, the red core and the blue core can't get near each other. So why are you trying to absorb the blue core? You can't do that. Are you just going to try and blow up? Uh, Metro I, City? I think it's just the, the point of it. It's like, <laughs> I, I want all the power to be reelected. <laughs> it's like, you don't want to be President Stone. You want to be Emperor Stone. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Please, hush. That, I, at this point, I want it to be Emperor Stone so I don't have to hear about you running for re-election. <laughs> By the way, how many term limits are there? Because I think there needs to be one less. <laughs> But oh my gosh, just like the such che- cheese is there, and like you said, be like, how many times have I had to hear someone say re-election? This especially this close to twenty twenty. Oh my gosh, not to get political, but oh my gosh, it wasn't close to twenty twenty, but it's very close to what twenty twenty was. Felt like it. Anyway. Felt like it. Oh my gosh. Anyways, Please. yeah. So it's it's uh it's President Stone. And his obsession was to re-election. Be, to re-election. I've got to be re-elected. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> That's my number three. Which brings us to the end of our review. So we need to rate this thing. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, I'm actually giving this a seven. Okay. Even with all the problems the movie has, it's still a fun popcorn muncher movie. Right. If I was not having to be critical about it, I think I would just lay back and laugh at this film. Yeah. Because it's like, oh yeah, this is a cheesy popcorn flick. That's all it's intended to be. Right. It's not meant to be, you know, as as closely looked at as we... I mean, this is a movie that got Samuel L. Jackson to say 11 lines. Mm-hmm. And they're 11 good lines. Good, 11 good words. Mm-hmm. And it works. So, I mean, it's a fun movie. There's a little bit of logical discrepancy there, sure. But... It's. I don't think it got. It, I don't think it deserves the hate that it received. Agreed. So I'm giving it a seven. Okay. Uh, I will. I'm a little bit lower, but I'm still giving it. Like, like you said, it's a good popcorn muncher. It's one of those movies to throw on. It's got some silly lines. It's it's got some depth. It's got okay. Let me think about that for a second. And we really want to hear presence. Stone, shut up about being reelected. Ay, <laughs> yay, yay. So I'm giving it a six. Like, yeah, it, it's one of those movies you could probably just pop on where you're doing something. Uh, there again, if you haven't watched the film yet, go watch it. It's it's definitely worth a watch. And uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe down the line we can all laugh about it. You never know. Indeed. Indeed. But yeah, yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode, which mm-hmm. means we need to announce the next movie we're reviewing next week. Mm-hmm. Ironically, it's about <laughs> another uh, artificial creation that wants to become a real boy. <laughs> but this is the original version of this, or at least the Walt Disney adaptation of that original mm-hmm. film. This will be not the oldest film I think we've done because I think we did one that might have been a little... No. No. This it will be the oldest film this we've done. This is the done. oldest film we've done so far. Yeah. We're doing the the second ever made Walt Disney Studios production, which is Pinocchio. <laughs> and you want to know something? 
you know how you put this uh you put uh Astro Boy on the list because you hadn't seen it? Mm-hmm. I put this on the list because I haven't seen it. Wow, okay. I have if we're being fully and completely honest, outside of Fantasia, which we watched for the show. Yeah. Although I had watched it sometime in the past. I my my knowledge of Disney films pre Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. I've not really watched that much. Wow. In fact, Fantasia is it. Wow. I've okay. never seen beginning to end Snow White. Okay. Pinocchio. Sleeping. That's like uh, Cinderella. Mm-hmm. I've seen parts of it. I, I take that back. I probably at a very young age saw Cinderella from beginning to end. Okay. I don't remember it that well. Okay. And I can't think of anything else really in that section mm-hmm. that I would have paid attention to at the time. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, so we'll see uh, if any of us are telling a lie yeah. next week <laughs> when we review Pinocchio. <laughs> so in the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. No, Monstro! Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast! Oh, boy! So where can they find you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. Also on Facebook at Jacob Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. I don't get to it as often as I like, but uh, join me there. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. On Twitter at Jacob Heron. And Letterboxd at Jacob Heron. So where can they find you, Drew? You can also follow me on Letterboxd at GGeorge759. Facebook as Drew Dodgen. Uh, my Facebook page where you can see pictures I've taken at Drew's Photo Bin. You can also follow me on Twitter at GGeorge759. You can email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cast underscore cell. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thecellcastgaming. You can also follow us on YouTube at Cellcast. Listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and your favorite podcast directory. You can also listen to us on the Movie of the Week podcast with Jim Heron, where we talk about live-action movies. And remember, Cell is a single single L. L.